All right, the moment we've all been waiting for, the annual meeting. Uh, if you, and I'll make this announcement several times throughout the meeting just to make sure. If you've not yet signed in, please make sure you sign in before you leave so that the record of attendance can go in the, the vestry book. So 100 years from now when somebody checks the record, they will know that you were here to vote at this meeting. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, source of all wisdom and understanding, be present with those who take counsel in this annual meeting for the ministry here at St. Anne's and for the renewal and mission of your church. Teach us in all things to seek first your honor and glory. Guide us to perceive what is right and grant us both the courage to pursue it and the grace to accomplish it. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right. A couple of logistical things to note on your packet. Uh, the ballot is the first thing you will see. The elections are technically number six on the agenda, um, which is the second page of your packet. A couple of things about how we usually handle voting. In order to make life easier, we don't have, unless necessary, a need for motions and seconds and a lot of votes. Um, what will happen is I will say, without objection, we're going to do the following. If there's an objection, we would move to a motion and a second and discussion of what was um, being moved. But oftentimes that's not necessary, so to have a lot of things that the uh, secretary of the meeting has to record just for superfluous purposes seems like a waste of time. So um, that's how we'll do things, but certainly if somebody has an objection, that's within your right to object, and we would have a move, a motion, and a second, and then that motion could be uh, appropriately debated if so needed. Is there any question on how we're going to do things? All right. Then, without objection, I will appoint Kathy Hazard to serve as the secretary for the annual meeting. Hearing no objection, congratulations, Kathy. You get the job. Looking at the agenda for the meeting, without objection, we will adopt this as our agenda for this morning's meeting. Hearing no objection, the agenda stands as presented in your packet. Without objection, I will also appoint Kathy Hazard to serve as the clerk of the vestry. Hearing no objections, you got the job, you can take down your lawn signs. <laughs> and without objection, I will appoint James Bryant to serve as treasurer and Tim Munn as assistant treasurer. Hearing no objections, they also get to keep their jobs and we thank them for the hours that they put in in uh, supervising the counting and ensuring that all of our uh, expenses get paid in a timely manner. So thank you, uh, James and Tim. Now we're already on number six of your agenda. It's time for the elections. You'll see that um, 
The following slate of nominees was nominated by the rector and seconded by a unanimous vote of the vestry. And Gary Sorensen has been nominated to serve as warden, Kathy Hazard and Ismail Santiago to serve as members of the vestry. So you need to circle one name for warden and two names for vestry member. And I want to thank Lee for his service on the vestry. His term has ended. Uh, and thank you, Lee, for all the hours that, that you put in in serving on the vestry. So if you would fill out your ballot, fold it in half, and if you would raise it up in the air, Don has volunteered to uh, collect these from you, and then we will tally the, the ballots. And there are souvenir pens in your pews. If you haven't found them, you get to keep them for coming to the annual meeting. As the ballots are being collected, the next item is a review of last year's minutes, which I'm sure everyone remembers all the details of last year's annual meeting. So without objection, we will adopt the minutes as presented. Hearing no objections, the minutes stand approved as presented in your packet. The next item on the agenda is without objection, we will authorize the vestry to elect three delegates for diocesan convention and three alternates. And I just want to give you the, the reason behind this um, resolution and doing it this way, that the, um, we're required to, to make this election for people to serve at convention. And you have two ways the parish can do it. We could elect three delegates and three alternates now, or we can authorize the vestry to do it later. Um, these delegates will serve as the delegates for the June convention, which will be virtual, and for the hopefully September convention, which will elect our next bishop. Um, the thing about doing this later is I found that when we elected them early, inevitably by the time it got to be June, people couldn't serve. And there's no mechanism for updating your certificate once you've elected people. So it makes more sense to allow the vestry to handle this as close to the meeting as possible to ensure the parish is represented. So that's the reason why we do it this way. And once the call to convention comes out, we usually make an announcement that if you're interested in going to convention and serving as a delegate, if you let someone on the vestry know so that when that time comes, we make the appropriate, um, we can make the appropriate elections at that point. But if you'd be thinking about that, because given that the delegates will serve for two conventions. Uh, it's really important that we have uh, enough people, either the delegates or the alternates, to make sure that the parish receives its representation, um, especially for, for the election of the next bishop. Hearing no objection, that will be our plan.
All right. Moving right along to number nine, director's report. There are a couple of things that I wanted to bring to your attention, and actually, I skipped saying something. In number seven, in your packet, you have all the written reports of all the different ministries in the parish. And we commend those to you, and I hope that you'll go through them and see how the things that we've been doing, um, how they have worked throughout the year. And uh, all of the ministry coordinators submitted those reports for you. Uh, they don't require your vote now, um, but I do commend them to you. And certainly, if you have any questions about anything that's coming up, you can see me at any point. Uh, you could see a member of the vestry, and we'd be happy to talk to you um, about your feedback, your questions, your concerns, whatever it may be. Then moving on to the rector's report. I want to, to begin by thanking Don and Jody for their work uh, on our staff. They do a lot of things uh, to make the parish run efficiently, and they work really hard throughout the week. They're available, they're responsive to the needs um, that come up, and so I want to be on record thanking them for their hard work and the dedication to the ministry here at St. Anne's. In your packet, you will see uh, a 10-year history of trends of attendance and giving. Um, you'll notice that you don't see 2022 because those reports are just being submitted. But essentially, 2022's attendance and giving um, was about even with 2021. If you look at 2021, you'll notice there was a decrease in attendance and giving uh, post-COVID. That's not unique to St. Anne's. That's uh, a phenomenon every church is experiencing and trying to figure out how to overcome. But we're not alone there. But post-COVID, things seem to, to be somewhat stable attendance-wise and financially. Um, certainly you know that we've just started our stewardship season, at which point we take some time to prayerfully consider what God is calling us to return to the ministry here at St. Anne's. And we know that it's through our generous response to what God has given us uh, that allows us to do the things that you see in your packet. Uh, that we can't do them without us uh, pooling together uh, our resources to allow the ministry here at St. Anne's to continue and to thrive. One of the issues that's, that's been no secret is that the budget has had uh, a deficit pretty much every year, which is covered by the endowment investments, which is not the greatest way to do this. Um, but the vestry has had conscious uh, conversation over and over again about we really have two options. Either you have to make a significant change in the way that we do ministry, and really if we wanted to save the amount of money that's necessary, the only way you save that is to have a part-time priest because I cost the most money if you look at the budget. And the vestry has considered this request every time that I bring it up, and every time has decided that that in itself has negative impacts on our ability to do certain things, and that we were left this money by people to do ministry, and when I start to panic, uh, the vestry uses my own words against me and says, well, 
when I got here, the endowment was supposed to last eight years. I've been here 12 years, and the endowment's supposed to last eight years at the rate that we're using it. Uh, so then the vestry says to me, you say that we're supposed to have faith and trust that if we're doing the right things, the provision's going to come later on when we need it. Um, I don't always like that answer, but they're right. And so there's a delicate balance between how do we steward what's been given us and how do we do the ministry. We could easily make our focus preserve the financial investments and we could potentially have the parish close but still have money in the bank. Nobody seems to think that that's the best use of the finances. And so we continue to talk about stewardship for this reason. And part of stewardship that we talk about and that goes out usually in the fall is the letter that I send with information about planned giving. Because part of the reason that the parish has weathered some of the storms that it's weathered is because people have made gifts through their estate planning which have significantly uh, enabled our ministry here to continue. And so every year you'll receive information about that. There's booklets in the back of the church and in the parish hall as well, produced by the church pension fund, which shows some of the things that you might be able to do yourself to help support the parish in your estate. You know, many of us may think, well, I don't have a million dollars or investment or I don't have uh, a lot of extra money, but there are a variety of things that are available for not a lot of cost to us right now that would enable you to leave a gift to the parish later on. And the church pension group is happy to talk to you uh, about those. And again, that that investment money that we're talking about came because several people have left money. And one of those things that uh, not only in helping this last year's operating budget, but we received a gift um, from jo the estate of Joyce Fallows when she passed away. And that money not only balanced the budget for this past year, meaning we didn't have to invade uh, the investments any further, but with that resource, the vestry also made an investment to put in a new sound system. If you've not yet noticed, there's 10 speakers all around the church that will, in short order, be hooked up. They're doing the final wiring on that now. Uh, that money is also being used to put in a new video system by which we'll have three cameras to broadcast our live stream versus using my phone here. And so the sound system that we have now, we make work. Um, and it, it's served a lot of number of years. And in fact, when I came here, I noticed that the sound system we have is the same sound system I turned on as an eight-year-old acolyte in my church. So they, they've been around for a long time. And thankfully, it's worked. But because of this gift, we're able to do something we wouldn't have been able to do. And that's not the only one. Throughout my time here, there have been other gifts that have allowed us to make investments into the ongoing ministry here that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And so I ask that you would prayerfully consider that information when it comes out in the fall. If you'd like to review it sooner, I can get you one of the packets. And if you have any questions, please let me know. It's our hope that the sound system and video will be up um, I'm hesitant to give you a date because we were hoping it would be up several times by now that's not come to fruition and there's COVID supply chain and people get sick and 
more reasons. If I had to give you all the reasons why it's not done, that would take the whole meeting. So um, it's, it's in progress. They were here working this past week, and so we should be in the final stages. The audio will go live, and then we will work to get the video system up and running. One other thing that we did uh, this year that was new is we took on the chartering of a Cub Scout pack that was in need of a new home where they were before. Um, their national organization, and I forget where they were, stopped allowing for uh, chartering of of the Cub Scout pack, and so after discussion with the vestry, they began um, meeting here. And so it, that's in addition um, to the scout troop that we already charter. One thing that uh, went really well this year, which it always does, is the Christmas angel tree, which is a testimony to the generosity of everyone here in the parish for which you should be commended. In the past, we had received those names from social services, which did not happen this past year. Um, but instead, we were able to identify a family that the women's group was already working with and someone who had contacted us on Facebook. And between those two families, which included uh, gifts for 14 children, new bikes and all, all sorts of things, truckloads of gifts uh, were delivered, and that's made possible because of your response. That in no way gets financed by the budget of the parish. That's completely funded by your generosity, and every year it's always overflowing. Uh, so I, I think moving forward, we will continue that practice of trying to identify uh, local families that we may have had contact with and determine the needs from there. One of the ways that will help us with that and with our outreach in general is a new initiative that um, we were contacted by the a, uh, an organization called Justice for Orphans, and they're working with the State Office of Children and Family Services. And what they're going to be doing, rolling out into Montgomery County, it's already live in Schenectady, is they have a care portal, which is an online mechanism by which the caseworkers can implement monetary needs, uh, food needs, needs of particular household objects of people that they're working with, and then churches have access to that database and can say we can help with that and you click a certain button and then you make arrangements with the caseworker to fulfill that. They're rolling that out into Montgomery County. We've already signed up. Jody has already been trained as our point person to monitor that. So it probably won't go live until March, but then you may hear us say, we have these particular needs. Uh, certainly then if you have furniture that you know you're looking to get rid of, you could say to Jody, do you have a need for this dresser? And she can go online and we might be able to find homes for local families here in Montgomery County that the caseworkers have already identified have the need. One of the exciting things about this program, and they put it right out there when they advertise it to ask the churches to participate, is they make no restrictions on the churches. 
Um, oftentimes when the government wants you to participate, they want you to get something done, but they don't want you to talk about Jesus. Right in the information that they send, there is no restriction. When we make this connection with the local family, ideally we would bring the items and we can pray, we can talk about Jesus all we want, we can invite people to come to church. And so it's really going to be, I think, a nice outreach way to not only meet the needs, uh, the physical needs or the monetary need, but to connect us with people in the community who we don't know who we could connect with Jesus through the use of this portal. So I'm really excited about this. It doesn't cost us anything to participate, uh, and I think we're going to be, to be well served. We may at times take up some voluntary offerings in support of Justice for Orphans, which helps facilitate this program, but there is no fixed cost uh, to us to participate. So the, the vestry is on board, Jody's on board, um, and she's been fully trained, and we'll let you know once that goes live. What may happen is they'll likely come and give some sort of presentation on Sunday to try to get some people who are willing to be responders in this, and we'll get into those logistics um, when the time comes. So please keep that in prayer, but I, I think that this is going to be a great partnership for us. One of the other things that we are going to embark on this year is that it's really been a while since the parish was connected in any way uh, in a mission context, be really outside of, uh, of our borders. And the care portal allows us to serve some of the needs of the local community, but I think it's important as a church that we remember that the church is global. And there is a lot of great ministry going on in a lot of places that are, that are struggling. And so uh, the Vestry has approved a partnership with the uh, parish in uh, Batuki, Tule, in the Diocese of Tuliar, uh, Madagascar. I had a Zoom call with Reverend Zafi, who is the priest of that parish. Um, and in his parish, he has 17 churches two of which have buildings. And seven of those churches were added in the last year. So again, they're not asking, uh, the main purpose of this partnership is not financial, although we will be taking up uh, special uh, collections from time to time to support them financially. The main purpose is they're in an area where the church is growing and they're asking for clergy and parish partnership for prayer, and for support and encouragement of one another. And so what will happen in this relationship is I will have regular uh, Zoom calls with Reverend Zafi to hear what's going on there. He will hear what's going on here. And then we will bring that to the parish for ongoing prayer, uh, either in the prayers of the people or communicated through a variety of ways. That's the main purpose. Um, you know, and I think this is an important thing for us to consider because a lot of times we bemoan the fact that uh, the church in the United States is struggling in a lot of ways, but there are churches in other parts of the world that they don't even have buildings. And seven new congregations have uh, joined just this church, just this parish alone, and they meet outside uh, in the place where they can find shade. And so it's easy sometimes for us to be discouraged in our own context maybe and say, well, we have this challenge or that challenge, uh, but the gospel is spreading. 
And that's what we're about. And so to have this type of partnership, and it, it, they set it up to be a two-way street. We're not just the ones that pray for them, but they will be praying for us. And as the clergy meet with one another, that's an encouragement to the two of us based on the challenges that, that we face, which are in different contexts, and the challenges are different, uh, but ministry has its challenges. And to then have the parishes be connected in prayer as well. And then we'll see what we can do uh, in order to support them financially. Certainly anything that we're able to send them uh, will tremendously change things there. I know of other churches where they were able to, to raise $1,500 and send it, which essentially built the frame and roof of where the church would meet. Uh, you know, so what is of minimal effort at times for us will radically impact the spread of the gospel somewhere else. Um, so I ask you to start praying about that now. We're working on the uh, letter of agreement that has to be written up that just says this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it. But the vestry has already approved. I've already met with the priest and the dean of that area that handles that as well as the person in the United States that handles these, these partnerships. So be looking for more information to be coming in the bulletin. Be looking for prayer requests, pictures, uh, and when the time comes, um, requests for your financial assistance so we can start to work on the spread of the gospel in other places as well. Then finally, there's one item that I want us to consider and it, it relates to the fact that we've talked about attendance trends. We know that post-COVID participation has changed for a lot of people. And I think one of the things that we can do, and I've talked about many times in the sermon, is that we don't need to have all of the right answers to everything, which is often our barrier to talking to other people about faith. But all we need to be able to do is provide an invitation to come and see. And I'd really like us as a congregation to prayerfully uh, take this seriously throughout the next year. You know, because if you look at our context, and even if we say, all right, well, we have uh, 45 of us here uh, on average on Sunday, what if everybody was able to get one person through their invitation to be part of the congregation this next year? Now we've doubled <laughs> in one year, and each of us is just responsible for an invitation. And so what we're going to need to do throughout the year is, and I'm going to continually give some reminders, is to be in our daily prayer to ask, well, who could I invite this week? Because it's going to take several invitations before somebody may or may not come. You're not responsible for if they come or not. That's the Holy Spirit's job to get people to come. Our job is to invite people. And if they ask us, well, why should I come, to be able to have a couple sentences where we can say, well, I don't know all the answers, but this is what Jesus has done in my life. Jesus loves you. Come and see. That, that's as simple as we have to have, and then be able to invite people to come. But I think if each of us took this seriously in all of our encounters through the day, add up in a week, how many people you encounter by the time you get groceries and buy gas and go to work and go to the doctor and come here, go for a walk. By the time you're finished, you now have a big list of people 
who you could give an invitation to. And that's really all I'm asking you to do, is to be a congregation this year of people who are making an effort to invite people to come and see. And then see what God does with it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'd love for every, people we, every person we invite uh, to be here the next Sunday. That may or may not happen. They may come and decide that they don't feel connected here, but maybe they go somewhere else. And we should consider that a win. The goal is not that every Christian has to come here. We'd like the congregation here to grow uh, for a variety of reasons, but what we should be concerned about is people come to know Jesus. And maybe your invitation brings them here one Sunday and they join a church closer to their house. Well, thanks be to God. Or maybe they get connected here and thanks be to God. Or maybe it's two years from now and because you made the first invitation, they start to ask some questions that eventually leads them to a congregation. That's the work of spreading the gospel. That's our charge as disciples. Uh, not because it's required, uh, you know, and that we're being evaluated on it, but that because we know the love of Jesus, we should want others to know that as well. And so I ask us to begin, uh, as of today, starting to pray about who you might invite. It may be somebody who used to be connected here, who you see somewhere, that you can invite back. It may be somebody who's never been to church, who you can invite. Um, and certainly, it, that may evoke some conversations. I'm happy to, to have a discussion with you if, if you've come across a question you're not sure how to answer. Certainly, if people were connected with the parish and are not, there's probably a reason for it. Um, it's probably standing in the pulpit is the, probably the reason. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do what I can to help facilitate that conversation as well. But I think uh, we have to do our part in just inviting people to come and see what God does with it and be praying not only for who should, who should I invite, but pray for this to be a fruitful effort and then see what we can say next year when we meet. We went through this uh, together and, and what, did God, what did God do with it? And I have no idea what it'll be, but I think it'll be exciting uh, nonetheless. And the, the end goal is not necessarily that we've produced a, a certain number to be able to talk about next year. I think this is just what a church is supposed to be about. And let God sort out the rest after that. So uh, consider yourself commissioned and the announcement will come in the bulletin because even if you didn't attend the annual meeting you get the commission as well. Those are the main items that I wanted to bring to your attention. In your packet, you will see the budget for the um, upcoming year. That budget is approved by the vestry and has already been voted on. Certainly, if there are questions about the budget, I'm happy to discuss them with you. Uh, anybody on the vestry is happy to discuss them with you. And if you have any questions about the financial picture or anything else that's going on throughout the year, none of the information is secret. We're, ha we're happy to share it with anybody who, who wants to know. Uh, so don't feel at any point that there's only a certain group of people who gets the information and, and you're in the dark. If you feel like you're in the dark and you want to know, just ask me and, and I'd be happy to tell you. Or any member of the vestry. They have all the same information and if we can't immediately answer your question, we'll get it. 
and you may have a concern that we've not thought of and that we need to consider. So communication is important and transparency is important and none of the information you heard today, none of the financial information, none of that is secret and I'm happy to have as many conversations as, as necessary about it throughout the year anytime you're interested. So with that, let us pray. Oh, Gary has risen. Mr. Warden. Rentals, that's a good question. One of the things that we took on um, several years ago was we realized we have a parish hall that sits empty and we have uh, rooms in the basement which were sitting empty and we've tried to rent those out. Uh, we have three of the four spaces in the basement have been rented and so that is monthly income that comes to the parish for different groups that have offices down there. I've been in talks with somebody just this past week about potentially renting the last one and we continue to get calls uh, picking back up again as they were before COVID about renting the parish hall. And so we've had a variety of outside groups uh, come and have a birthday party or something like that, uh, which members of the parish should know is free of charge to you. You support the parish, and if you wanted to have, uh, as people have had a Christmas dinner or a Thanksgiving dinner, or you want to host a birthday party, just talk to Jody. We'll get it on the calendar. People who are members of the parish pay nothing to use your parish hall. This is your space. Uh, and then we've been advertising on the sign and through paid ads on Facebook uh, to get others to use the space. And everybody who's come has found the rates to be reasonable, both in the office and the parish hall, has been well taken care of and says that they will let others know as well. Yes. Thank you. It's a joy to be here. It's been 12 years of, of, of a blessing to walk with you uh, through the ministry together, and I have felt encouraged and supported uh, every one of those days. Um, and so thank you uh, for your love, for your care, and your support as we continue this journey together. Thank you, Gary. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Fill it with all truth, in all truth with all peace. Where it is corrupt, purify it. Where it is in error, direct it. Where in anything it is amiss, reform it. Where it is in right, strengthen it. Where it is in want, provide for it. Where it is divided, reunite it. For the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. And Don, having looked at the, the ballots, did everyone who was on the ballot receive the necessary votes? 
Did you look at the ballots? And everybody who was on the ballot was elected? Thank you. The one thing I forget. And if, you, if you've not yet signed in, um, please do so on your way out. And with that, our annual meeting is adjourned. Thank you all.